Hi, I'm Lucy, and you're listening to Evil Dead Cast. Don't think about it. Just breathe. That's when he grabbed me by the throat and started to strangle me. And the name of this demon, are you sure it was Eligos? I'm positive because he said it just like that. He said, I am Eligos. And that was right before his eyes went completely black, and then you guys came in, thank God. Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. And this is the Evil Dead Cast Episode 8. This episode, as you may have gleaned from the title, we are supposed to interview Lucy Lawless. You will find out if that actually happened in about 45 minutes to an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Or should we play that first? Play it before the podcast? Yeah. Um, What do you think, Chris? I say lead with the best stuff. So <laughs> either way, that's a super exciting interview. Yeah, yeah. We're, we, so we actually, obviously, we haven't done it yet. We're going to do it right after we do this review. And if it's happened, you will hear it right now. Hello, Jason. Yeah. Hi, Jason. Lucy Lawless calling. Hi. I'm here with my co-host and friend, Richard. Hello, Lucy. Hi, Richard. Hang on. What is this? A radio? What is this? It's a uh, podcast. Oh, got it. Do you know about podcasts? <laughs> I've, I've heard tell of this phenomenon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some people don't know what the heck it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're doing an Evil Dead podcast because we're huge fans of the whole Evil Dead thing going back to when Rich and I watched it in high school together. So we're incredibly stoked that this whole thing is happening. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, cheers. And yeah, we're it's it's an honor to talk to you. And we we also think the show is going incredibly well. We love how it's turning out. Beautiful. Yeah, we were really pleased too. You know, when we were making it. Yeah. Are you a fan going going back? Oh oh no! I was so disgusted at seventeen years old. My first boyfriend took me over to his friend's place where they were going to see this really great movie, <laughs> and it was. Evil Dead, and in the first five minutes of that tree rape scene, I just lost my shit, man. I just, <laughs> just stomped off saying the people who made this movie ought to be in jail. <laughs> and then 12 years later, I was married to one of them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We watched that again for this podcast, and that scene, we're, we're, we, we kind of didn't know how to talk about it because yeah. it seems sort of wrong for this day and age. Pretty risque. Yeah, um, and I mean, even then, you can... I'm not sure if that was written in the original thing, but it was kind of, I, the way Rob told it, you know, Sam went, oh yeah, you get that, and then just, yeah, stick it, just, you know, stick it there, sort of, like it was on the fly moment of craziness, and it was a, a bunch of kids who had had no life experience, no right. understanding of sexual violence or violence at all, really, just thinking, oh, this is a really nasty, weird, bad idea, and um, it was certainly impactful, and, and of course, it was never reprised or anything like it in any of the other ones. I think, and as mature men, of course, none of them would have done that. But they were, you know, young and stupid and and wild, and that's how that show came to be, the movies came to these. So then, I'm trying to like trace. It feels like this show has a lineage going back to those movies, but then also all these uh, New Zealand productions like Xena and Hercules and Spartacus. So there's like a whole crew that works together. Well, we all, Bruce has worked on like five shows down in New Zealand 
with us because he did jack of all trades and probably i can't remember what else but it's like five shows and so therefore he of course knows all the all the same people we do so yeah it's a big sort of family thing of course evil deads were made in the states but even then we had bob morotsky editing um the pilot of this series so it had that real authentic pacing or the the Sam and the Sam and Bob Morotsky effect, you know. Yeah. I mean, it felt very clearly that it was it was Sam's Evil Dead. Yeah, we've talked about that. How they harken back to and they reference a lot of the first two movies in the, in their yeah. episode, which we love. So. Yeah. So did, I mean, I read that you found out this was happening and you just decided to do it before you really knew much about it. Oh, look, my role wasn't written and it wasn't really decided who she was to like episode nine. It was really difficult to play it because, uh, you know, you're this, no, you're that, no, you're this, no, you're that. And um, I'm <laughs> playing it in isolation of everybody else. I wasn't even sure if I was in the, playing it right, like tonally, because I um, was off on second unit for the most part. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, uh, anyway, so it took a, took a while to um, get in with the gang, you know, get with the program. Yeah, I mean, we feel like we, we want more of you in it right now. Totally. Oh, that's <laughs> nice of you to say. It's true. Well, she's coming. Believe me, she's coming. Good. But, okay. um, yeah, it yeah. took a really long time to figure out what, to establish the show and then know what to do with her. Well, yeah, because... Uh, that's what I was going to ask. So when you're playing these episodes that we're seeing right now, did you didn't have a full character arc or know what she was all about? Well, I did, and then I didn't. And then I did, and then I did. Like, <laughs> it was it was a bit come here, go away, you know, with the character. They were trying to decide. But um, by the end, we all know wherever everyone stands. Like, it's very concrete by the, by the end of the season. Awesome. Are, are you watching the episodes as they come out right now? Yes, I guess. I, yeah, because they're just on. They're on TV at the same time or a couple of days later in New Zealand. So I am watching them, actually. I can't, unfortunately, watch the same feed you're on. But, but yeah, they're great. I'm really, I'm really delighted with the, the way it's shaping up. Yeah, what do you think of it? Like, can you appreciate them as a fan? Yeah, I very much appreciate how how true they are to the feeling of like, the second Evil Dead, which was seems to be most people's favorite. Um, yep. How enduring Bruce's appeal is, you know, how how delightful Dana and Ray and Jill are. It's uh, it's just all the right people came together. So yeah, of course I'm delighted to be included. One thing I think that's really interesting about this show is the mix of the comedy and the horror. And I know you've done both of those. Well, at least you've done comedy and a lot of action fantasy stuff. Does it yeah. feel like a mix of those things for you? Mm, no, it doesn't. Well, um, hmm. good question. Like I said, I wasn't entirely sure I was on the same page as everyone else because I wasn't on my character. wasn't brought together with them until really late. And the character went through a lot of changes in, in the trajectory of what she was going to be eventually. So for me, I, I kind of play it straight. There's a few things, you know, you see it in the final edit and you go, oh, that works, keep that. And I guess the writers are doing that too, you know, that we like that dynamic, so write more towards that. Because uh-huh. um, I just didn't know my ass from my elbow, that's the truth. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing, like in, you know, uh, I think it was last episode, 
when you get Kelly's dad out of the grave. And uh, oh, I haven't seen that one. It's it's awesome. Oh, that was cool. <laughs> and you're flicking the fork in his eye. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, that's that funny. I mean, that totally fits with the tone of what we were seeing from oh, the other good. characters. Okay, well, I was seeing that like my one of my evil brothers would do. So um, I'm just going to play my <laughs> evil brother from now on. <laughs> it, do you get to come up with stuff like that on set, or is a lot of it written? That was something that I just yeah then we shot it because yeah i'll shoot a lot of different things yeah. and just see what works the best in the edit you just never know which one they're going to go for quite often they think that whatever your improv was was too kiwi and a bit <laughs> too, um, off base you know does your husband give you tips on how to play the character or does he know his place <laughs> uh does he well no he'll give me hmm no he'll know what dynamic is needed he'll, he'll tell me what's working put it that way oh okay and what's yeah. not working oh, yeah. does he know his place yeah he knows his place but he's so damn good <laughs> yes I, he is i listen to him a lot he's a, a very brilliant man i don't know who lucy's married to who's lucy rob married? tappert oh i'm married to rob tappert i didn't know so that <laughs> god i'm an idiot he's the guy who you know there's many different types of executive producers but he's the kind who sees the project through from the first inception of the idea to selling the idea to the to finding a network, finding the money, uh, putting a crew together, spending the money, working on post-production and delivering it to the studio. Wow. That He does that from start, from the grave to the death. He's the, the boss. Show. That's what Rob Tappert does. Some pro- executive producers are actually writers. Some are, and, and they may be consulted on issues, but they are not doing the nuts and bolts of every... Mm-hmm. everyday work and, and Rob does has the biggest mental capacity of anyone I've ever met mm-hmm. the most productive human being ever anyway he's, he's fantastic how did you meet well he came down when I was when Zena was spinning off into its own show to meet the star mm-hmm. and I was going through a divorce at the time and he thought I was crazy and um, <laughs> but maybe a little bit hot I don't know mm-hmm. you know obviously didn't put it off oh, I'm sure he did and then uh, we got married about uh, Two or three years later. A little crazy can be fun sometimes. Mm. Well, I, I wasn't crazy, but I was going through a tough time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 really cool. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know who he is. I just didn't make the connection. So, uh, yeah, that's really cool. So, um, in this most recent episode that we just saw last night, uh, Ruby said something like to Amanda, don't be concerned about the logic of things, just keep on breathing. So she was trying to tell her, you know, don't ask questions, you know, we're just going to kill Ash and and that's how it is, which made me wonder about Ruby. I mean, I know you can't say anything that's coming up, but I feel like at this point, suddenly I'm wondering if Ruby is everything that she has said she is. Do you? Oh, probably. Probably. (laughs) Hard on the sleeve. She's so transparent. Um, I know that was kind of a weird line. It was a little bit of bamboozling here just to get her to shut up. Don't okay, you think, yeah. Think. Uh, just, just, just do as you told. Her. And she also like thinks Amanda's kind of, kind of beautiful. Well, she is, yeah. Yeah. It also, yeah, it seemed kind of flirtatious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is just like. More, more is more, you know, like you keep layering up the, the weirdness of the interaction. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. It works. It made it more interesting. As, yeah, and then it may deflect from whatever's really going on. I suppose that's why people do this. Well, it made me more curious to find out what's going to happen. I can't wait to see more of that character and what she's all about. Right. So let's talk about Bruce a little bit. I've seen some of these press interviews you've done with him, and it seems like you guys have a lot of fun together. Yeah, we're, you know, it's gotten to this um, stage in our lives and careers where I think where you really rely on people that you trust. You know, like we don't have time for babying people through the process. And if you have, for Bruce and I to know that we can count 100% on one another to get the job done and to get through it um, with as much fun as possible and not cause any, not hurt the production with our egos, you know, that's a really, that's a really beautiful thing. And Bruce and I have a lot of trust in one another and a lot of love. That's cool. Yeah, it seems like you really just feel at home with one another up there and have fun with it. That's what it seems like. Yeah, yeah, we're a good double act on when we do publicity things. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's a very generous man. Yeah, and the, oh, he is. Yeah, how uh, like he? Oh yeah, just a generous of spirit with me. You know, you know, he's just fucking great. <laughs> Such a good person. That's cool. I mean, it's interesting because he does this whole shtick where he'll kind of be crude and rude. But I've heard you say that he's a real gentleman at other times. Oh, my God, he's such a gent. And a hardworking man and an upfront person. And um, there's, like, he's, just, he's just an excellent human being. And um, it's so you, sometimes you'll you have a public persona, do you know what I mean, which sure. really works. Really, It's about stewardship of your of your fan base, taking care of them. You know, they're not looking for you to be a real multifaceted human being. They want you to be what they want you to be, and mm-hmm. that's some sort of iconic form of yourself. But it's it's a bit narrow. So when you stump up from the fans, you give them what they want, and Bruce is a master of that. <laughs> of course, Bruce in real life is a much more complex uh, human being, but my experience with my fans is that they're not interested in the complexity of me and, and my real boring daily travails. I, they want the artist formerly known as Vina. Really? I mean? Like, so that means that you, you feel like you need to do kind of the same thing and just play up the Xena-ness somehow? Um, I'm pretty straightforward with them and I don't know what I, what I have to do with my fans. Okay, we're getting real here. I'm yeah, to yeah, be real. I'm I want to hear the truth. Are, yeah. okay, I'm talking to you like friends now. Yeah, cool. But um, fans, friends and fans are totally different things. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because fans you have to service. Friends, um, you don't. They like you even though you're not interesting, even though you're not, maybe you're not feeling supportive that day. With, with my fans in particular, Xena fans, um, as distinct from Battlestar or, I guess, Ash vs. Evil Dead fans now, but my, the Xena fans are people who feel that you personally were responsible or part of something that was responsible for saving their lives in some respect or for helping them get out of a really bad situation. There's so much trauma out there. So when I'm dealing with those fans, I have to play the role of big sister, shoulder, come here, give me a hug, you're beautiful. That is what they 
demand. I can't be like Bruce going, shut up and sit down. <laughs> no, that, oh, that's not right. going to work with my no. So there's an yeah. element, this is, you know, this is stewardship. Sure. And um, you stick with the fans and they will stick with you. But, um, you know, what if I'm not feeling like it that day? Yeah. Tough shit, man. Yeah. If you're there, you, if they need a hug, you're going to hug them. Right. Mm. So Whereas Bruce wouldn't dream of hugging his fans. <laughs> they wouldn't want it. Well, they might want it, but they're never getting it, and that's totally commensurate with the with the promise. They want know, it for he, different reasons. Yeah. Bruce's fans would yeah. probably feel honored to be flipped off by him. <laughs> that's right. They do, and he does. Like I'm walking down through New York with him, they're like, "Bruce, can I get a photo?" He goes, "No, nah, man, I'm off the clock. Oh, sit down, you know, whatever." And they're like, "Oh, sorry, man." If I did that, they'd be like, you bitch. Oh, man. Yeah, you should try flipping off your fans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, kill them. But I imagine for you, you must, well, I hope anyway, that you maybe you go to conventions or something, you know, you set aside that time to be on and everything, and then you get to go off and, and be in your own space. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Is it cool for you that this whole thing is in New Zealand? Is that important for you, or is it just incidental? No, I like to work anywhere, like wherever I am is my new favorite thing, but it does happen to be where my American husband and children would prefer to spend their days. So if I want to see them, I have to be here. Oh. <laughs> so that's how that works. But man, I was working in Shreveport, Louisiana at the time of my life. If I was in Romania, I would have the time of my life. Like I'm, I'm just wired to look for fun and connection, whatever community I'm in is like. Yeah, I, I get in there. Yeah, That's I'm cool. like the mayor of whatever town. By the time I leave, <laughs> is there a place in particular that you've worked that you've really loved? I, I this seems so bizarre, but Shreveport, Louisiana, was the most intense and rich experience I've ever had because everybody was different to me. Like I'm a liberal, um, I'm a, an eco activist, anti climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, activist and everybody there was either very poor and black or they were fracking billionaires <laughs> or they were um i would go and sit and watch the murder trials and and there were judges and the bailiffs and, and the cops and then and of course xena was really huge with african-american women so sometimes they'd <laughs> click on the page xena's watching their murder trial and i just have to sit really stoic and not have and not have a Wow. You went and watched uh, murder trials for fun? Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah. Wow. Wherever I am. Yeah, I know what you mean. Down in Louisiana there's a lot of uh there's a lot of gaps. There's still the segregation gaps. There's a, you know, income gap. Oh yeah, I got to see it in pra- I got to see it, you know, a look inside the bloody the depths of the, it's not a gap, it's an abyss. <laughs> By being poor and black is no joke no. in America. And I heard I think I read something about how everyone kept asking you what church you go to. Oh, yeah. Well, at first, and then they just drop it. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. I would have um, a little bit uh, of trouble with that no, one, too. Not much. <laughs> I'm not much for church. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, let's see. So I love that you did Parks and Rec, and I loved your episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm and also Flight of the Concords. Yeah. It was so fun. How did you, like, did you always think you'd be good at comedy, or how did that get going? Mm, I don't think I'm that good at comedy. Um, don't you like those episodes I, that you did? Oh, I, I like them. I don't know that I've, I can't really remember them, to be honest. I probably, 
Sure, I watched it. I love Curb Your Enthusiasm just because being with Larry David is such a pleasure. You know, he's yeah, he's kind of adorable and and um, <laughs> yeah, just he's so unique, right? Um, and Flight of the Concourse, I really love that because I got to be I was really really hungover on the day where we're sitting in the Prime Minister's office, uh, <laughs> and I had been out to the theatre and been out drinking all night, and I was. I just about passed out on the chair, and of course that's the take they kept. But you could, <laughs> like, they, the character was like, she was to be no more effective than like a stain on the wall. So they dressed me <laughs> in this kind of stain colour. I said I looked really horrible and sort of puce or very dirty, like green, you know, sort of pastel colour. I look horrible yeah, in those yeah. colours. They're like, great, that's how we're going to dress you, just to make me as not Xena, as not powerful, as not anything that's possible which is how i'm normally cast you know right yeah i'm sure that, so maybe it's a breath of fresh air to do something like this but i know oh, i love it yeah i want to be weak you know i love <laughs> really? to play characters that are really weak really yeah i love it just to and be, that, do that something morally different. morally really weak you know uh -huh. Oh yeah. I mean, in Flight of the Concords, and I think even a little bit in Kirby Enthusiasm, you just had this look of sunny disposition on your face at all times, pretty mm -hmm. much no matter how uncomfortable. Really, Scott? I think so. Yeah, like in in Flight of the Concords, you had the Prime Minister obviously had had this crush on you, and he kept bringing it up, and you'd like try to keep your smile. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> but um, uh, and also I was just so damn delighted to just be there right yeah. on those two shows like how show. could you not yeah. be mm -hmm. yeah. yeah how could it not shine through love those guys i want just there's a couple of questions i want to make sure to get to so craig i guess craig de gregorio he's the showrunner for ash is that right mm -hmm. yep yep and so what can you tell us about him i really don't know anything about him i love him um he's just a, a charming clever man who who uh, ran workaholics and of course that makes him an enormous star in my house because I have two teenage boys <laughs> and um, and he's uh, he likes beer and uh, we have a nice time <laughs> yeah. is he is he like you know as soon as I hear anybody but Sam Raimi is going to be in charge of Evil Dead I'm like is he going to be a good steward so far like I said we think he's been amazing yeah yeah well there you go. There you go. It, I guess that answers it. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, there's a lot of obstacles and when you're setting up any new show, and because you don't really know how it's going to work out, but it it um, just seems almost miraculous to me how how beautiful each episode has been. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We feel the same way. Like I do this. I also do a Walking Dead podcast, and and pretty big into <laughs> that show. And and uh, I've been telling my audience over there you have to check out evil dead i'm i'm looking forward to evil dead more than walking dead every week right now well um long may that continue i i love rooker he's one of my little buddies with at the been to a, i don't do many conventions but he's he's at them when i'm there yeah. he's there and just he's a delight he's he's hilarious we, yeah, i've done some panels with him okay rich do you have anything else you want to ask before we say bye to i do see? actually i have one thing i was Googling your name and a lot of videos popped up where you were singing. I saw you singing with some pretty big stars too, and you're really good. Is there going to be a, a Lucy Lawless, the rock star? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that was fun at the time. I mean, I'd, I'll sing as an 
sort of as an adjunct to acting, but um, uh, besides, you know, I'm not 20, and that's what you need to be if you want to, you know, you need, actually you need to be 16 these days to launch a rock career. But um, no, I'm, I'm an actor first and foremost. Do you do any theatre? Yeah, some. Oh my God, I just played Jesus the other night, and it was... They didn't tell us anything about it. it was, you're supposed to just improv, and I thought, okay, well, I'm just coming in to help out. I'm, uh, I'm going to be the cherry on the cake, you know. So I just thought of that, and it was, oh my god, I didn't realize I'm not the cherry on top. I'm the suckling pig. <laughs> I am the sacrificial lamb, appropriately for Jesus. Like everything was directed at me the whole time. Like I was, it was like being smacked with a big wet fish every oh. thirty seconds. Oh, it was so intense. Anyway, so yeah, I, I do some theatre. Some some's rehearsed, some's not. But um, yeah, I get on the on the boards every chance I get. So this is improvisational theatre that you did, where you go up in front of an audience yeah, and just oh shit, man, I am out of practice with the improv. <laughs> That's and, I, and they, they were so cruel. They they really they uh, they served me up, man, because they they didn't tell you anything. So. You, you don't know if you're on there for 30 seconds. It turns out you're on there for two and a half oh hours. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see a video, uh, but uh, anyway. Literally, <laughs> there was no video. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. And we're going to be watching and loving what you're doing on there. Okay, good. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate it. Thank you for calling. Bye now. Bye-bye. No worries. Bye. we're back hopefully there was an enjoyable interview right before what i'm saying right now (laughs) i'm sure it was great it was Uh, awesome okay she's amazing um (laughs) now it's time for our top three highlights for season one episode five the host we're halfway through yeah pretty crazy five out of ten halfway yeah that that went pretty fast um so not going into your points yet but just in general what do you guys think of this one Rich, go ahead. Uh, well, can't believe I'm <laughs> going to say this, but it wasn't my favorite episode. Oh no! Yeah, it was. Uh, it was good. I didn't hate it or anything like that. I think, though, out of the five, it's my least favorite. And I was mm. trying to think why. And I think, for me, anyways, Ash, he wasn't funny. He wasn't as funny as he was before. And I'm coming to the slow realization that it's all about the character Ash for me in this particular show. Uh, you know, he was, I mean, he had his funny moments and, and, uh, supporting characters did well in their own right. I'm not sure though. I just, uh, I only laughed maybe out loud twice mm-hmm. throughout the whole wow. episode. It's been a high bar as far as laughs for this show. Yeah. So far. And it kind of makes me feel small, but hey, I, I like the other ones better. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chris? Well, I liked this one quite a bit and kind of, uh, because they shifted the focus away from Ash. And I have nothing against Ash. I love him. He you can't do this show without him, of course. But I think that uh, the show benefited a little bit from putting some focus on the other characters, mostly, I guess, Pablo. I mean, Kelly was in it, but she was possessed most of the time. But um, I, I like how they 
gave a little bit of character time to Pablo and uh and and even Ash even though he wasn't the main focus he I thought got some character development as well as much as you can with a guy like him so I liked it quite a bit um and which is sort of sort of for the opposite reasons of that Rich didn't like it I think yeah any Brujo character development was wasted <laughs> well yeah <laughs> pretty much um I you know I agree with you Rich like it wasn't my favorite and it was because it wasn't as funny and that was my first thought anyway and i noticed that it was written by someone who at least online i couldn't find anything that says she's a comedian so this is the first time an episode may have been written not by a comedian she's uh, just a screenwriter oh, this was yeah. her only credit yeah. but then i started thinking yeah chris about what you'd said before about wanting it to be a little less quippy so that it's Ash seemed more like a real person. And I think he did seem more like a real person in this episode. Yeah, I, I totally think so. Like every line out of his mouth up until this episode was pretty much a one-liner or something written to be funny. And that's fine. I mean, that's good. It, it makes us laugh and, and it's certainly entertaining. But I think every once in a while, you sort of have to back off from that a little bit and go with... Ash the real guy rather than Ash the the comedian or not comedian but you know what I mean so yeah um so it, it kind of worked for me and I still think there was humor in this episode which I'll get into in one of my points but yeah. uh it you're right it wasn't quite as funny but it worked for me what they did too makes sense I mean he just had this huge trip where he did a lot of introspective you know yeah development there and then uh and then he comes out of it and he's a little less you know gung-ho and smart ass Mm -hmm. A little more serious. I mean, it makes sense in, in the story. It just didn't make me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like it was a bit flat. It didn't have that, the juice that they've had so far, but I still enjoyed it and there were some great things. So let's get into some of our things. Um, Chris, you want to go first? Yeah. Well, my first one, number three then is uh, just the beginning scene with Ruby and Amanda in the car. First of all, the way she approached that intersection made me laugh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at like at like full speed and then slamming on the brakes. I'm like, who the hell drives like that? Yeah. But I guess I guess she does. Um, she kind of does everything like that. Just full bore. Yeah. At least that we've on. seen so far. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Mm -hmm. um, but then when they were talking and uh, and the hand was they were waiting for the hand to point the right direction. There was this weird moment of like tenderness between the two of them where Ruby strokes Amanda's face and, <laughs> you know, telling her that, you know, we're going to get him, everything will be all right or whatever. And Amanda seemed really disturbed by it, but I was wondering what was going on there. So, you know, was it, were they trying to tell us something or was it just her being weird? I don't know, yeah. but that you know, was sort of what I was thinking. I'm making a note of that and maybe we will have asked Lucy Lawless earlier in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad I could contribute a question. There you go. <laughs> it could be just that her character is disturbed. Yeah. This was the first episode where I felt like m maybe um, Ruby is not everything she seems because she was mm -hmm. trying to get Amanda not to question anything. And I wasn't sure if that was uh, because those are the same kind of questions that I had uh, that I've had over the last couple of episodes, she was asking, so how does Ash call forth these demons and how does the possession work? And Ruby's like, nah, da, da, da. don't, don't think yeah. about it. Just don't worry about that. Yeah. And it's kind of like what Ash's new thing is just shoot first, think never. It's like a right. parallel to that. But, uh, 
but it made me feel like, huh, does she not even think that Ash is guilty and doesn't want Amanda to question it? Or is she really just sort of like, I don't even think about it anymore. I'm just purely driven by vengeance and don't worry about logic. She's been on this road for so long. She's not going to let anything get in her way, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. She just has her mind set on killing him. I kind of think that's what it is, but I actually think it would be more interesting if actually there's something going on that we don't quite understand yet Mm -hmm. with her. Yeah. In terms of the show, too, I wish... I mean, I like getting little bits of them in each episode, uh, but I kind of would like to have a little bit more context of like how far they are behind them, where they are. And it seems like so far they've just they've shown up at each location that Ash and everybody has been at just sort of after they've left, kind of. But I don't really have a feeling of like, when are they going to catch up? How long is it going to take? Where are they? How are they days behind or just hours behind? And I wouldn't mind getting a little bit more of that. So I hope they I hope they expand on what they're doing a bit in the next two or three or the rest of the season, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I was hoping this episode that they would actually catch up with me Ash too. Yeah, in the group, but you know, it's just another teaser. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they might just drag it out until until the end, and then that'll be part of the big finale or something. Oh man, that would. Suck. I, I I have a feeling that's what it's going to be. No, <laughs> which would mean that there's a pretty good chance we're not going to get much Lucy Lawless in this season. Um, we'll see. And I'm also I'm not like I don't know. It's interesting with her character, like. She's fun to watch and it's fun to see her be a badass, but she's her goal is to kill our hero. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's like and, we don't and, want her to do that. No, and if her goal is to kill our hero, that kind of implies that our hero has to kill her to save himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Somebody yeah. does. So I mean, if if it, if this does all come to a head in season one, Lucy Lawless might not even be part of the show she might in not. season two. Or they'll they'll do something clever, and you know she'll end up joining the team. But but those you know. two those two things seem like the only choices. It seems like, but yeah. if they're super clever, they'll figure <laughs> something else out that we haven't even thought of. Somebody's going to have to have a revelation. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The one thing I've learned from doing from doing podcasts about TV shows for years now is that no matter what I think, no matter the only options I see, there's most of the times the writers come up with something I couldn't even predict. So, yeah. Or you know. it, they do that so much that when they don't, it's almost a disappointment. Like right. with Glenn just being alive and crawling <laughs> under the dumpster. Oh, I, that might be a spoiler. Yeah, Sorry, guys. Oops. <laughs> oh, I was expecting that, darn it. <laughs> uh, okay, Rich, what's your number three? Uh, number three was uh, was um, the development of the, of the supporting characters, mm-hmm. Kelly and Pablo. I thought they did a pretty good job as far as acting and as far as uh, contributing to the story and all. Uh, wasn't my favorite part of the episode, but... You know, they did a good job and it'll probably pay off in dividends in the next couple of episodes, keep the story rolling, keep them more involved, you know, make them part of the team more so than they already are. How did you feel like, say, let's take Pablo. What do you know about him now that you didn't know before this episode? Well, I know that he's uh, kind of, um, oh, what's the word? Innocent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. naive. Yeah, naive. Yeah. He kind of reminded me of myself when, <laughs> when he was on the couch with Kelly and she was making the moves on him. Yeah, kind of reminded me of myself when I was younger. A little bit clueless concerning, you know, like uh, 
Like right. the body language of women and such. You I know. know. It's kind of like, oh, I, you know, I'm just not really ready. Uh, this is really cool sitting close to you. But That's funny to think of because I, I remember you like that. We were all sort of more like that. Like yeah. the typical guy is trying to push the girl into bed or whatever. And we're mm-hmm. like, you have girls after you and you don't even realize it. <laughs> I just want her to like me. <laughs> well, that, I, I, I noticed that too, like his innocence here's a few things weed makes him paranoid and he says so why don't i just pound a mountain dew and it'll give me a nice buzz (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) i like that part or um he says you want to be with me right like boyfriend and girlfriend one milkshake two straws (laughs) (laughs) yep and then uh this is my favorite do you remember the first time we met you knocked on my door and you asked me for some cold medicine because you were all snotty and then you sneezed on me i wanted to kiss you that day so bad yeah (laughs) Uh, and then, uh, uh, you know, take a hit and then you can kiss me wherever you want. What about right? And points at his forehead. <laughs> yeah. Here. Yeah. Boop. <laughs> That's often overlooked. So pretty hilarious. He, he wants to set the mood with the Taylor Swift song and, and he's yeah. not sure he's ready. So yeah, he had a, innocent. he had a really teenage, like teenager attitude to it all. All that kind of stuff is sort of like. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's never, you know, gotten this close to a girl before. And mm-hmm. he, 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 maybe he has an idea in his mind of what he wants to do, like with the Taylor Swift song to set the mood, he says. <laughs> but it's just so silly. But you're right. He's totally naive. But when it comes to Pablo, like this, this episode, I feel like was a lot about him. You know, he, he had to deal with all that. And then he had to say goodbye to his uncle at the end and had to, uh, um, I mean, he manned up in the in the middle when he offered himself to the demon instead to get it out of Kelly. You know, he he kind of he went from being a little bit of a kid to growing a pair, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he's oh. feeling guilty for not sort of living up to what he feels like is his destiny or his heritage with his uncle. <laughs> so now it's time for him to rise up and be the guy that he feels like he hasn't been successful at being so far or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he needed the kick in the ass to sort of get himself going right now. I think he has it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the thing that really spurred him into action was that he's so in love with Kelly and he needed to help her. Yeah. He did make me uh, laugh out loud too. when he was burning his uncle's body and the necklace fell off onto the ground. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he picked it up and he says, ah, oh, fuck, shit. I mean, thank you. <laughs> that part made me laugh pretty good. And he just keeps on holding it. He's yeah. all, Even though it's still really hot. Yeah. He's trying to burn yeah. me or something. Yeah. Either that or he's trying, to send, he's trying to send me a message or trying to burn me. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So my number three, my favorite part of this episode is probably where it was more like the other episodes. And it was just the whole thing with ash being gagged and Uh and mumbling and it's funny because you can pretty much understand everything he's saying even (laughs) though no one acknowledges it (laughs) like uh kelly possessed kelly's saying that he you know ash spoke in tongues and he strangled me and then his eyes went black and he's like what a fucking bullshit story that (laughs) is <laughs> and then yeah. when Brujo says, "My uncle started fooling with demons, and look what happened to him." And it shows that shrunken head, and he goes, "That's disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Pablo says, "I just don't understand why we didn't see it sooner." There's nothing to see. Yeah. And then uh, Brujo goes, "Elias is a demon of the mine." 
Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's a manipulator. Uh-huh. <laughs> so those are funny. And then yeah. uh, finally, uh, wait, I don't know if this is the last one, but bring me bring me the carving blade, not the bread knife. And he goes, what the fuck are you going to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bread knife is expensive. Come yeah, on. Yeah, right. <laughs> what kind of fucking witch doctor are you? <laughs> so, and then he did even say, uh, I, I couldn't totally understand because they were already talking about something else, but it was something like, for that live, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason. You do a really good gag. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> He's sticking his finger down his mouth there. <laughs> trying to throw up all the way down. <laughs> anyway, I love. I just love that. That that was was. You said you laughed out loud a couple times. Was that part? part I, of I it? giggled. I mean, because I was paying attention to what was going on, and mm. you just hear this constant mumbling from you know the gagged ash in the background, and eventually it got to me, and I'm like, what the hell is he doing back there? You know, it's, gagging isn't quite working. Going on and on. Yeah. I wonder if they just had him saying that stuff and i doubt it but and then they're like it would be really funny if he was gagged while yeah. he was saying it or i you know i could see them being like okay bruce you're gonna be gagged in the background just ramble off some stuff and yeah. and like maybe it wasn't even scripted you know just yeah. make comments on everything that's going on around you and it'll <laughs> <Right>. be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> okay chris your turn i think well I sort of had the same one. My number two is that the humor in this episode was a little more subtle than it has been. And the first point or first note I made here is that Ash trying to talk through his gag. For me, it was like typical Ash because he has a comment for everything, even <laughs> when he's gagged in the background. Um, and I did think that was was really funny. Um, and I thought it was a really clever way to sort of keep Ash's sort of one line delivering character, but put a twist on it to, so it doesn't feel the same as it yeah. has in every yeah, other that's episode. A good point, yeah. Totally, they, yeah. This was really fresh. I, I don't remember it, ever it seeing this before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, things that we've mentioned, like Pablo wanting to kiss Kelly on the forehead, and he goes, boop, on her forehead. I <laughs> thought that was funny, but subtle, you know? I mean, you wouldn't really laugh out loud about it. Uh, the Taylor Swift song, um, and a few other things like that. So that's sort of what I liked. There was still humor here, but it wasn't as in your face. And that kind of worked for me. And then in the second half of the episode, it kind of got less and less funny because, um, uh, you know, there was the scene where Kelly is trying to tell Ash to kill her. And I didn't think that was hilarious at all. <laughs> I thought it was uh, right. really as emotional as you can get with Ash anyways. Um, and then the whole thing ended on a pretty emotional note with Pablo saying goodbye to his uncle and and stuff like that. And then the, the three characters really sort of coming together as friends and Ash being very friendly and learning to respect his friends a lot and stuff like that. So um, I don't know where I was going, but like subtle humor that turned into kind of an emotional episode for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like. You like that the show, this episode has a little more, I guess, heart. Substance. Yeah, yeah a, a little <laughs> bit more. And you don't want that in every episode of this show, and you don't you don't need it all the time for sure. But I feel like once in a while that kind of thing is okay. And the best scenario would probably is if they can find a way to blend this kind of thing into every episode and keep all the wacky comedy and extreme gore and everything that we love too, so... The only thing that kind of got me a bit about that ending moment is they say, oh, you know, Ash says, you know, I'm really sorry. This is uh, uh, all my fault and I don't know what to do about it. And then um, 
Pablo says, it's not your fault. And Kelly goes, oh, yeah, it probably is 100% his fault. <laughs> Maybe even when they're kind of joking about it. Ha, ha, ha. But really, it is his fault. And it's caused like some <laughs> severe trauma to their lives. Her parents are dead. Yeah. Pablo uh, he just lost his uncle. And, you know, like he kind of had the same impact on Ruby and she hates him and wants to kill him. Yeah. And so, but for some reason these two are in love with him. So that, I don't know that something seems a little off about that to me. I think they're confused. They blame him, but they're, but he saved them. Yeah. I guess maybe they just been around him. So they know what he's really about that. He, if he does anything wrong, it's probably an accident because it's just his charisma. And yeah. He, has, yeah. he has the he has everyone's best interest in mind, doesn't he? He is trying to save the world from yeah. these deadites and stuff. So that's true. Yeah, maybe that's it's as simple as that. Like Ruby's just never met him, and maybe that'll be the last episode. She'll be in love with him too by the end. <laughs> How could you meet Ash and hate the guy? It's just impossible. <laughs> yeah. More than likely, you're going to end up in the bathroom with him. He's a hefe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, your turn, Rich. A uh, quick question. You know, uh, in the synopsis, it says Ash turns over a new leaf. And I was watching the episode. I'm like, what, what mm-hmm. leafs are you turning over? You know, and it must be at the end. Not, that's my yeah. question, right? Yeah, it's I at the it's... end when he says he he, uh, he he can't stop it. He doesn't have any idea of how to stop it. And he feels bad about that. And I think it's the friend stuff, too. You know, he's they give him the hand, the power glove hand. And, and uh, I think that's sort of a nice moment for him and he just turns over a new leaf of only thinking about himself i mean not only thinking about himself but thinking about the people he's with too Mm -hmm. yeah so maybe he'll he'll be more like that i'm afraid of that you know i like ash when he's crude and rude yeah me too (laughs) so we'll see how that works out okay my number it's my turn right my number two Mm -hmm. is kelly which we've talked about some chris did you continue to think she was hot I kind of did. I mean, the the teeth and the mouth don't really didn't really do a lot for me, but uh, something about those black eyes, <laughs> the, the attitude. I mean, she's she's really. It amazes me how some people can just turn on that seductiveness, you know? Yeah. And uh, Dana DeLorenzo is really good at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. she did a really good job with the playful seductiveness mm-hmm. on Pablo. Exactly, and she's uh, yeah, she did a good job. Uh, I like the thing with the rifle. Uh, it was just pretty intense to see her smoking out of it. Yeah. I've like never pointed right at her before. face and uh, kind of sexy and dangerous and crazy all at the same time. She said she I, learned it from a, from a cousin who was in Iraq. Yeah. I wonder if they really do that. Oh my God. I hope not. Because I <laughs> as, as I agree with everything you've said, how it was like sexy and dangerous and crazy, but it made me so uncomfortable. I'm like, Oh my God. God, what are you doing? That's yeah. a shotgun Don't and you're putting it that. in your mouth. Don't, yeah. that's, the, that's the wrong thing to do. <laughs> and then it was great tension when you realized she was like sneaking the bullets in and yeah. wanting him to do it, do it yeah. too. That was, that was a really clever scene. Pablo, there's like, there's a fine line between innocence and stupidity. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and he just kind of accidentally escaped it. But uh, I didn't even think about it until later, but I guess that's the famous boomstick too, right? Yeah. That's Ash's boomstick. Mm-hmm. I don't so, know, man. That's that was that was nuts. If you guys were in high school, 
and a, and a girl you were in love with came up to you and said, hey, do you want to smoke some weed out of this shotgun? Do you think you'd do it? <laughs> I and she know, says, man. You can, you can kiss me anywhere. <laughs> we were not, I don't know. You know, that would have scared me off yeah, in high I school think for sure. Yeah, because yes. even my girlfriend got like a crazy haircut and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. Um, so while I'm talking about Kelly too, I just want to cover that... You know, basically, I guess when she gets possessed and, her, you know, she grows those teeth and everything, she's basically a deadite, right? Yeah. That's what we've yeah. seen. I think the very first deadite we ever saw was Ash's girlfriend, Linda, who he promptly decapitated. Yeah. So because Kelly's a supporting character, they can't just kill her off. And so Ash hesitates. And to me... I understand it, but it just doesn't feel like Evil Dead. Like, Evil Dead to me is as soon as somebody gets possessed, Ash takes care of business. Right. And yeah. so that ah, just makes the show feel too soft for me. I don't want her off the show. And I also, I mean, I tried to rationalize it by saying, well, he's gotten to know her and also he's older, and uh, but but mostly he's got an exorcist right there. So why not give that a shot, I guess? I can see your point, though. Like, you're right. In the past, I mean, you know, with his girlfriend in, in Evil Dead, he didn't hesitate killing her. And and uh, you think that he would have had even more of a relationship with the girl he was right, dating. Right. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. For I, I have to admit, for a minute there, I thought maybe Kelly was going to be killed off. I mean, I didn't. I didn't really believe that Ash was in that scene where she was asking him to do it. He was just going to step up and blow her head off. But I thought maybe they would do something exciting at the end or or just pulling the, the demon out of her would end up killing her or something like that because her her body just couldn't handle it or something. But uh, I, I could see your point. I mean, you just want Ash to be in some ways just be heartless and be like, that's a deadite. We got to end it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was in my top three also, I, the whole experimenting with different ways to try and exercise the demon from Kelly. And I was on edge too. I was, that was one of the things that kept me uh, interested in this episode was, was, you know, what's going to happen with Kelly is I wouldn't be surprised if Ash shot her in the face, but then at the same time, I'm like, maybe this is where he's turning over a new leaf and not just, you know, mm-hmm. blowing away people at will. And he's trying to Good point. maybe find a different way to get these demons out of him. All right, I'm out. I'm done with this show. No, that's, <laughs> that's it. If they're not going to kill everybody, I'm done. No, I but mean, then, they, they satisfy our bloodlust by killing yeah. a supporting character just about every episode. But then you, but then that goes against the whole his whole mantra there. What is it? Shoot first, think never? Yeah. He was doing a lot right. of thinking. It totally does. And, and also, like, that whole shoot first, think never, right? We're supposed to get the idea that that's what saved him because he use that on the demon but the demon kind of just appeared right in front of his shotgun that wasn't too smart and it didn't take too much skill to pull the trigger at that point i would say well let's talk about that because i'm not a you're right i'm not sure how exactly shoot first think never applies because he throws the gun up in the air and then swings the chainsaw and misses and then when the gun gun comes back down the 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 demon's right there and he's able to blow it away. So it almost seems like he had some sort of plan throwing the, throwing the gun up, yeah. which would maybe trick the demon or distract it or something like that and use the chainsaw. So I I don't really quite get it either. I think it it's I think it's because it was a mind demon. So if he clears his mind oh. and doesn't think, oh, maybe the, mind, yeah, the demon doesn't know what he's going to do. 
and then of the course, demon can can see his thoughts or whatever, and he knows what he's going to do. So if he gets rid of the gun for a second, oh, that makes total sense. I get it now. Yeah, that's what I thought, anyways. You're Rich right. knows all about not thinking. No, I'm just uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I just cleared my mind and it popped right in. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting that Kel- possessed Kelly tried to trick Ash into killing her. I guess that means that if you if the demon's inside somebody and you kill it, that it, kill the person, it won't hurt the demon. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you'll be like, ha ha, you killed your friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess. Or does the demon transfer into you if you did the killing? Cause that's what the demon wanted, right? To get into Ash. I think it was going for Pablo or was it going? For well, Pablo? it went for Brujo. Well, it was messing with Brujo's mind. Right. See, I think we're thinking too hard about this. Yeah. I think we may be, but you know, <laughs> we got oh, time to kill. Gave us something to think about. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what the demon was trying to do. I mean, it was trying to kill Pablo, right? He, he wanted to Pablo to take a toke on the old shotgun and kablooey. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was just trying to fuck with people basically. You know yeah. what? I think demons just want to kill people, no matter yeah. what. They just—that's what they do. So, mm-hmm. and that a, demon likes to mess with people's minds a little bit, a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Evil damn demons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where are we? I'm kind of lost. Uh, number one for me, I think. Okay, yeah. It's a short one. Just that this episode was way more disturbingly gross for some reason. Uh, for me, all of the teeth and mouth stuff. I mentioned Kelly's teeth already uh and the way she was like grinding her teeth together and then spitting out her wisdom teeth that just really made me nauseous to be honest i actually didn't like watching that at all and then when they fed her the worms or the leeches or whatever those was and she chewed them all up and puked them out i just i don't know something about mouth and teeth grinding and stuff grosses me out (laughs) and uh i was really 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 uncomfortable watching some of those scenes so, uh, yeah, this one was just a little gross, more gross than usual for me. And, and uh, as fun as it was, that really upset me. Yeah, it was gross. Is that a criticism and you wish they would never do stuff like that or, or not? <laughs> you know what? It, I don't mind being a little bit uncomfortable when watching something like this. So I wouldn't say it's a criticism, but I'm glad they don't do it every episode. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like things that get me are... Well, I don't like blood sucking, so I, I've never really gotten into vampire stuff. It just creeps me out. And then anytime anything goes under fingernails, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't God, like that. Yeah. No, <laughs> fingernails, that's huh? bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it when inanimate objects come alive and try to kill you. That happens a lot in Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, dolls. It freaks me out. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> All right, your turn, Rich. Uh, let's see. My number one is how they kind of wipe the slate clean with this episode. I mean, if you think about it, there's there the who knows what the next episode is going to be because Elagos is gone, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they're they're out of their um, the Brujos, you know, property. He's dead, so he can't help them. Yeah, he's dead. I mean, who's to say he's not going to come back as a giant floating? Yeah, head, because he's didn't still gone. Chris? Didn't you say you thought he was going to be there for three episodes? Well, I thought I thought he I didn't think he would survive very long, but then when he did survive the first one. I thought maybe he'd be around for but, a little while. I think he was, was credited. You. Well, he was yeah. credited with three episodes. So maybe he'll come back as a dead-eyed or something. Yeah, it could be. I bet you will. But pretty much yeah. now we're just left with, oh, there's a bunch of evil out there. What's going to happen next? You know, there's no, we, there's no specific threat anymore. You know what? If they follow the pattern, sorry, they, um, 
uh, Ruby and Amanda are going to show up there and he'll be a deadite. So they'll have right. to deal with him. So we'll probably see him in, in the next episode if they do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is the first time that they don't have a goal at the end. That, yeah. And mm-hmm. that surprised me, especially because just last ep- episode, Eli the Lizard told Ash that he needed to go bury the Necronomicon under, I guess, the cabin. Or right, the, yeah. Uh, but Ash didn't mention that, so maybe he forgot. Yeah. I'm not sure he's even realized that yet. Like, I don't think he was paying attention. He understood what that meant. With, I don't think he understood what it meant yet. And I'll bet you sometime in the next few episodes we'll get a we'll get a scene where that realization suddenly comes to him. It's <laughs> right. like, oh, now I know what I have to do. Oh. I know what my purpose is. Or yeah. maybe there'll be like a restating of that message somehow or something. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I, I think that's cool. That's why it's my number one. I like the idea that it's open. anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can go anywhere from here. Yeah, that's exciting. I want to see the next one <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay, my number one, we've talked about some. It's just the whole segment with Amanda and Ruby. <clears throat> I mentioned that Amanda was asking some of the same questions that I was asking, and I'm so glad that even if it wasn't very satisfying to hear Ruby say, just don't think about it, still that they addressed it. Like, yeah, why would they think that Ash did this? Or, you know, she's like, how does he call the demons for Like, I'm glad that they they touched on that instead of just hand waving over it or not even acknowledging that it would be in your mind to wonder that. Um, and also I'm glad that they addressed how the hand helps find Ash Yeah, because we know that she had it and that she thought it could help lead to them, but I, we didn't know how. And it was very kind of simultaneously clever and sort of like, duh, yeah, it just points the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, I just remembered something. Last night I was reading some comment, comments online and somebody came up with a great pun. You ready? <laughs> they said, what a handy GPS system. <laughs> 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 so, and I liked it. It was pretty fun to see it just like <laughs> twist into, you know, point yeah, the right direction. It was a pretty good effect too. But I hope that hand gets a little more lively before this is all said and done. (laughs) We need more hand character development. Yeah. We need more hand jokes. (laughs) We've seen what that hand can do. And so far, it's been pretty tame. (laughs) That's right. Uh, I had some notes. I I like they use an effect a lot where the edge of the shot is blurred and just whatever's in the middle is in focus. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes it kind of eerie. Um. I wished instead of when um, Kelly pulled out the man girdle and the quote extra large love glove. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about those. That was funny, but I wish they would. She would have pulled out some stuff that we hadn't seen before that was equally embarrassing. You know, I don't know what, but some depends. I don't know. KY jelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was impressed that Ash's weed is not bad. <laughs> right. Uh, I I thought it was cool to see Elagos one more time because he's so cool, but I'm glad that at least seemingly he's finished because we need some new threats. Yeah, I agree. I thought, I thought at first having a repeat character, a repeat demon every episode would be kind of cool as like the token villain or whatever. But now I'm kind of glad there's going to be another one. Yeah. Yeah, We, we talked about how having a recurring villain show up, but when I thought about that a little bit more, it seems like, you know how does how does the villain travel with them? I mean, is some is somebody else possessed every week? That would get yeah. silly mm-hmm. and boring. So I kind of am like you guys. I'm glad they dealt with them uh, once and for all. We mm-hmm. we think, anyways. We think, and it wasn't like he had overstayed his welcome. But another no. episode might have been too much. Yeah, at least 
That's what I thought. Uh, I th- I was a little surprised to see Brujo die. I, I, for some reason, I thought he might be the one to survive, but that's pretty violent death. Yeah, too. cool. And then you know what? I if I was super dedicated or had more time, I would have gone through and found translations of Brujo's Spanish. Oh yeah, yeah. Either of you guys speak Spanish? No, no, nope, afraid not. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> what did he say? Out. Help a help a bunch of white guys out. <laughs> um, and then is that it? Uh, I don't know. This whole thing kind of reminded me of The Exorcist, which I've actually not seen, but we're going to watch it over the break for Walking Dead cast, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh, cool. Oh, that's a good idea. How about uh, Ash's hand that he got at the end? The mechanical Oh, yeah. Hand. I don't like it. No? I mean, just the same complaint I had with, uh, with the Army of Darkness hand. It just seems to take it out of the realm of, I mean, I like that the deadites are not possible, but I don't know. The hand is, doesn't have anything to do with the deadites and there's no way uh, Pablo could make that. (laughs) So I did the only thing I liked about it. And why does Ash need a hand? I like Ash without a hand, but uh, the only thing I did like about it is the first thing he did was flip. Yeah. (laughs) That was the one, that was the one other thing that made me laugh out loud. I'm gonna shove this right up some deadite's ass. Face, that was, like, huh? <laughs> yeah, his facial expression. That was hilarious. Yeah, I like my favorite part was the facial expression, and I'm glad I half expected him to put the hand on and hold it up and deliver uh, groovy, but I'm glad yeah. he didn't do that because that no. would have been too much. They, yeah. you know, giving the finger and his facial expression worked for me. But you're right, the hand is a little bit silly. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the main reason why they do that is to make it easier to film. But I don't know. That's just my speculation. But it can't be that hard to have him walk around with a chainsaw on. I mean, that, yeah, I guess so. You know, yeah. Does that mean he's going to lose the chainsaw now? Well, that's the thing. Like, he has to take the hand off to put the chainsaw on. Yeah. I like the chainsaw arm. Yeah. It's like, hold on, let me switch hands here. I yeah. bet you he'll just go back and forth. I mean, that's kind of what he's done so far. He had that wooden hand already. Yeah, that's right? true. <clears throat> Anything else, you guys? Oh, I think that about covers it. I got the only couple things I have are um, I thought it was neat, or at least I noticed that when the demon exploded, he exploded into like turquoise goo instead <laughs> of instead of like red blood or gore. Which I yeah, thought was, that was cool. Kind of cool in the first, I think the first time we've seen something like that. And then just a nice touch at the end when Pablo was walking back towards the car. Um, how all the stuff was lighting on fire as mm-hmm. he went as he went past it, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that was just one of those things that they thought would look neat or if it means something, but it stood out for me as kind of a cool thing. So mm-hmm. um, that's it, though. Yeah, I I didn't think about that much, but I guess what I thought was this whole place was very magical and mystical and tied yeah. to Brujo, and so now that he's dead, I think it was just burning up because its source was gone or something like that. I don't know. Its life force was gone. Yeah. And it was dying too. So now the next episode is going to be directed by a different director, right? Or was, Oh, I, uh, let's see. One? That was number five. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. Two, three are the same and four, two, five, three, are the four same. five, the same. So we got a whole new story and a whole new director. It could be anything. <laughs> could. It's totally fresh take. <laughs> Cool, man. Maybe it'll be animated. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's good. We'll take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Hey, trade for all others. 
for news about Evil Dead. And uh, the first item here is an interview with the showrunner, Craig DiGregario. I assume that's how you pronounce his last name, eh? Sounds DiGregario? good to me, yeah. Sounds good. All right, why not? We'll have to get him on sometime. We can ask him yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was asked about bringing something new to this show. And he says, Sam, meaning um, uh, Sam... Uh, Oh my God, what's his last name? Ramey? <laughs> Ramey, sorry. <laughs> okay, you're off. You're off the podcast. Yeah, I know, I'm done. All, all I could think was Sam Mendez for some reason. But yeah. anyway, Sam Ramey, he said, Sam was very adamant that he doesn't just want this to be a rehash, which was great. Mm -hmm. We always wanted to do new stuff with the show, but to have that be the objective from the jump was fantastic. I'd be lying if I said we didn't think about the fans first when we were thinking about episodes and what's happening in them and the type of horror, action, and comedy that we're doing, but we just have to also branch off and make sure we're telling interesting new stories. So I pulled that out just because I thought it kind of spoke to a little bit what they were doing in this episode with, uh, you know, giving new characters some time and uh, moving away from Ash a little bit. And I think it's good to, to hear that they're going to be doing that uh, going down the road a little bit as long as it's not too much which we sort of talked about yeah yeah totally that like when rich and i talked about what we wanted from ash versus evil dead before the pilot aired that's pretty much what we were saying we want them to pay attention to what's come before and what the fans want but also do new things do new things so it doesn't get stale mm -hmm. if if that's even possible i don't know mm -hmm. uh he also said um about about bringing surprises from the book. He said, yeah, there are other things in the Book of the Dead that come to play throughout the series, but we wanted to sh uh, be slow about that. We didn't want everything to come out of the book all at once. You want to show what it can do and then put it away for a while and let the characters breathe a little bit. You can, uh, you can have anything come out of that book and really grow the world, but you want to do that slowly. So we should get lots of interesting stuff coming out of the book. And I don't know if that just means different demons or different things, but they could really do anything they want. So yeah. that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, I bet it means more than just different demons. But I, I think so. Again, that would get a little bit stale if they did that constantly. But, uh, you know, I mean, if they bury the book beneath the cabin at the end of this season, that's going to be sort of it for the book, you'd think. So I'll be surprised if they actually end up doing that because mm -hmm. it seems like a key key uh, element to this mm -hmm. whole show yeah or um if he's burying it maybe he'll be digging it up again real soon <laughs> yeah <laughs> for some reason you'll <laughs> <laughs> realize that wasn't the right move to right. make oops my lizard told me after all so <laughs> <laughs> what does a lizard know um okay evil dead the musical back to that uh more news they are moving to a new theater and they're expanding the show times so if you were out there and you're having trouble getting tickets or something like that, you have more of an opportunity now. It's still in Vegas, 
but they're moving it to the Tommy Wind Theater, and they're expanding it to uh, play every day, Tuesday to Saturday at 7.30 p.m., which uh, might be more convenient for some people. So if you're looking to get tickets to that, you should be able to. Um, and then Evil Dead the Musical has also released a mobile video game, which uh, I don't know if you guys have heard out, heard about at all, but it kind of sounds like a um, a game that's really just to promote the musical. Mm. Uh, it says it's called Splatter Zone, and it's a, apparently a puzzle game that asks you to find the differences between images from the show um, <laughs> uh, while, while guts are dragged across the screen. Take too long. <laughs> And the guts drag too far and you lose the round. Get everything answered correctly in the time limit and you move on to the next round. So it also includes information about the stage show and it's available for iPhone and Android devices. So look for that if you want to uh, play a preschooler game version of the <laughs> <Yeah>, really <laughs> guts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, um, I don't know. Could be fun, but we'll see. That's it for the news. Cool. That must mean that the show's doing well if they're if they're uh, you know doing more of it. So that's yeah. good to hear. Yeah, they've and they've moved it to a more appropriate time slot too. Before it was playing at like eleven thirty at night, <laughs> which seems a little late for yeah, a lot. Of yeah, maybe not in Vegas. I've never been to Vegas, but I hear it. You know, uh, it goes round the clock. But yeah. uh, seven thirty seems more appropriate, at least for a guy like me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Good. Good to hear. I like the showrunner stuff that's really good okay cool now it's time for listener feedback rich why don't you go first all right amy hewitt is it sad that hearing my comments read out loud on evil dead cast on my drive home made my night yay that's not sad at no. all that's I cool think that's incredibly happy i think so too <laughs> <laughs> no i totally understand i used to love it when i'd write into jay and jack the lost podcast and they'd read something yeah Chris? This one comes from Sally Brundy. I love both this show and your show. About Lucy Lawless, though, I kind of hope she shows up to face down the deadites and is immediately killed. No. <laughs> that would be funny. Oh, let's slow down, Sally. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I think they are caving to the oldest horror cliche the badass tough mama who is the only one who can face down the killer slash alien slash monster slash slasher motif <laughs> being done to death. One of the charms of Evil Dead films is their main protagonist is a wise-ass dude. As a girl in her late 30s, I can tell you I'd much rather look at Bruce Campbell than root for Xena. She's already had her series. Hmm. <laughs> but it, here's the thing, a couple things with that. One is the oldest horror cliche is the helpless woman. Mm. that came there there was so much of that before that we ever got the badasses although i will admit there have been plenty of badasses in recent years but uh also this is different because of something i mentioned earlier that we have this tough mama who's not really uh, it's not about her killing the evil it's about her going up against the hero so that's a little mm -hmm. bit different right so anyway i just want to Stand up for our guest of honor here. Yeah. But I do appreciate you writing in, Sally. Yeah, it's well, food for thought for sure. And and you're right. Uh, Lucy Lawless, she's uh, she's an anti-hero to our hero, right? She's not just trying to survive. She's trying to take him down. So that's kind of like maybe the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We don't really know. She's, she's mysterious right now. But I do understand what you're saying, that 
like the whole I've talked about it on this podcast that I feel like the whole badassness of it is a bit cliched. Yeah. And your look, I'd much rather look at Bruce Campbell. The look is in all caps. I can understand that. (laughs) You want to look at Bruce? No problem. But, you know, let us look at uh, let us look at Ruby. (laughs) Save some for us. There's enough to go around for everybody. Something for everybody. Okay. Darren Ashdown says, weakest up so far. Viz FX was bad compared to the last couple of weeks. Do you guys think this was a filler up? Loved everything else, though. I I don't understand what he means by everything else. But um, no, we Mm. liked it. I mean, I, 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 Rich and I agree that it was our least favorite so far, but I still thought it was good. Yeah, I by no means didn't like it. It just mm-hmm. wasn't my favorite. It's like pizza. Even when it's not so good, it's still yeah, good. Exactly. Oh, that's right. a good analogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After I finish this podcast, I'm having some pizza. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Grippy Bob Dobolino. Did I say Bob that Dobolino, right? I think. Dobolino? I like yeah. Grippy Bob Dobolino. I thought it was good appropriate ultra low amount of funny lines out of ash and i cannot wait to see ash use the hand in extraordinary ways i thought it was good that you did not know how it was going to end was kelly gonna die was the demon going to inhabit pablo upon request and therefore would pablo die good points love the shotgun is a bong idea by the way (laughs) don't try that at home i like it as an idea i was just upset by seeing it on screen yeah disturbing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Okay, next it is next week on Ash vs. Evil Dead. Ah, next week, episode 106, The Killer of Killers. Thanks to his drug-induced vision, Ash knows what to do with the Necronomicon. Okay. Uh, oh, there well. we go. <laughs> yeah, answers that question. Pablo, yeah, Pablo and Kelly notice something ominous, of course. Ash promises to visit Lem... I don't know who Lem is, but Fisher shows up for an almighty showdown with her former boss. Huh. I don't know what that means either. Yeah. Who's her boss? Well, it must be a police captain, right? Uh, Wasn't there some guy who kept telling her to go away and that she was suspended or something? Yeah. Mm. Early on. Yeah. He told her to go home and and take some time off or something like that. So it sounds like they're going to run into each other again. These descriptions are are different than other TV show descriptions. They seem like they they tell us more. (laughs) See, I think my theory is that when you have a show like Mad Men or Walking Dead, they figure, oh, we got people watching. We don't don't want to give stuff away because it's not going to help anything. But when you have a show where they are, I don't know, maybe they just want to attract more viewers. Yeah. I don't know i don't know i see what you're saying more kind of an advertisement yeah yeah in addition or it's almost not as yeah it's not as important almost to keep things under wraps as much as as much as other shows like to you know because mm. you sort of know what you're going to get from this and if they talk about well there's going to be a big showdown between these characters or whatever i mean that's not really giving it's exciting away. it's like it's oh exciting. i want to yeah. see yeah it look cool like does that mean they're going back to the cabin that's what i wonder when i read that and if yeah. fisher shows up does that mean ruby shows up too yeah or why aren't they still on the trail that's what i wonder why doesn't yeah. say ruby please say ruby and with with <laughs> with walking dead it would just be uh more zombies no i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well walking dead has the worst episode descriptions yeah you know? i mean trouble. worst if you if you want to yeah exactly trouble comes to the prison <laughs> you know and things like that did you ever are you into Mad Men? i've seen the whole thing yeah 
And did you ever watch the teasers for that? It's like, it's so ridiculous. Like Don will just walk through a door and then you'll see his wife somewhere and then you'll see another character and that's it. <laughs> Completely out nice. of context. Like yeah. no idea what's Thanks going on. for that. It's like uh, the showrunner guy, Matt, what's his name? Matt. Something. Matt Weiner. Yeah, he's just basically giving the finger to the network execs. All right, you want a teaser here? <laughs> but you know what? That show had such style and it was all about style. Like seeing Don Draper walk through a door the way he does, that might be enough for, for some people. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was the same can, thing as Walking Dead. I'm going to watch it no matter what happens next well, week. Yeah. So. But if that guy can walk through a door with the best of them. So. <laughs> That's right. Oh, good. We get to see Don walk through more doors. Oh, yeah. Um, I wonder Maybe how, take an elevator next week. I wonder yeah. if there, how many listeners to this podcast care about Mad Men. I mean, I, I like both those shows. I don't know. It's an interesting question. You're Is right. Is it anything like Evil Dead? Not one bit. Uh, nope. <laughs> I haven't seen it myself. that's our show episode eight thanks for listening everybody um i don't mention it often but in case you don't know chris and i both do other podcasts we do walking dead podcasts chris has the talking dead and i do walking dead cast so if you're a fan of walking dead and you don't know that i bet you there's nobody who doesn't know that but if you didn't check those out could be (laughs) And in the meantime, if you want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can also email us at groovy at podcastica.com. Or you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or evildeadcast on Twitter. And please check out the other shows on the Podcastica Network at podcastica.com. And I want to thank dailydead.com for posting all of our episodes. It's super cool of them. You can check them out for horror news, features, interviews, other podcasts, all kinds of great stuff at dailydead.com. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. We'll swallow your soul. Pablo, take Kelly, get me boiling water, chicken, and my 10-inch ginsu. The one with the carving blade, not the bread knife. What the fuck are you gonna do with that?